The following program is made possible by the friends and partners of Creation Today and by viewers like you. Thank you. Imagine a world with no starvation, no earthquakes, no cancer, and no car wrecks. Imagine a world without pain and suffering. Some critics say that a good God would never allow the innocent to suffer pain or death. Thus, a good God cannot exist. There's even professing Christians who have left the Christian faith because of this very argument. Can the loving God of the Bible stand up to this philosophical claim? Today, David Robertson of Solas Center for Public Christianity is joining us from Scotland. He's going to help us unpack these accusations against God's character and even God's existence. There's a war going on in our world against Christianity. Are you ready to defend your faith in Christ? The Creation Today Show provides you with the ammunition you need. We prepare you to defend your faith, arm your children, and raise up a family who knows the Creator, Jesus Christ. This season we're teaching you Battleship Apologetics. Science, history, individual experience, philosophy. Battleship Apologetics. Suppose it's all true and you walk up to the pearly gates and you are confronted by God. What will Stephen Fry say to him, her, or it? I will basically, what's known as the Odyssey, I think, I, I'll say bone cancer in children? What's that about? How dare you? How dare you create a world in which there is such misery that is not our fault? It's not right. It's utterly, utterly evil. Why should I respect a capricious, mean-minded, stupid God who creates a world which is so full of injustice and pain? That's what I'd say. And you think you're going to get in no, on that? No, but I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to get in on his terms. Welcome to the Creation Today Show. As you can see, we're jumping right into the question, how can a good, loving, and all-powerful God allow for pain and suffering. The clip you just saw was one that went viral of British comedian Stephen Fry. It's had more than 6,000 views and has caused a lot of confusion about the character and the nature of God. This problem of evil, or the problem of pain and suffering, is one of the leading claims that cause atheists to spurn Christianity and cause many professing believers to lose their faith in Christ and the testimony of Scripture. You know, we need to deal with this topic in two completely different ways. One is the philosophical, kind of the logical aspect. But before we get to that, really we need to recognize first that there is an emotional aspect of pain and suffering. Most of us can relate to the emotional hurt of losing a loved one, yeah. suffering through disease or seeing injustice. The scriptures are clear that we are to mourn with those who mourn. And please understand that as we give you intellectual answers to this problem, we know it won't take away all the emotional pain. You know, when we look at the life of the Son of God Himself, Jesus Christ, John, who was one of His disciples, said, Jesus wept mm -hmm. if anyone Whoever walked the face of the earth had answers to these questions. It was Jesus. And even he was emotional at the death of a loved one. Mm -hmm. That is so true, Eric. While we are giving you battleship apologetics and teaching you philosophical answers to 
to these questions, remember that Sol what Mo Solomon said, that there is a time for everything. Yeah. When someone is grieving, that might not be the right time to be purely intellectual. You know, most atheists and scoffers today would describe evil as pain and suffering. The argument goes like this. If God is a loving God, then he would not want us to experience pain and suffering. If God is an all-powerful God, then he would stop all the pain and suffering. We all see pain and suffering. Therefore, God is not all-loving or he is not all-powerful. Either way, he's not God. So from a philosophical standpoint, we need to ask, what would the world be like without pain and suffering? Mm. Would it be a better place? Would it be the same place? <laughs> would we be the same? I don't think so. You know, thinking about it, it would be a world with absolutely no consequences at all. Uh, no feedback on what is right and what is wrong. What is safe or what is even dangerous. We wouldn't have that feedback. Mm -hmm. To experience a glimpse into this imagined world of no pain, we just need to look at someone living with a genetic disability called congenital insensitivity. This is a clip from Ashlyn Blocker, who has, has absolutely no sensation of pain in her physical life. Her nerves don't send pain signals to her brain, and she lives in a world without pain. Their baby couldn't feel any pain. It was scary because, you know, there weren't very many good outcomes that were involved with this condition. People passing away from appendicitis because they didn't have the warning signs and bone infections. I understand that the toddler years were some of the worst, where she yes. would continue to injure herself. Yeah, the biting, her burning her hands, different things. Tara actually would wrap her hands up with athletic tape. She'd be our little boxer. Photo after photo document injuries that pained her parents, but not their little girl. It turns out that a world with no pain is not a good world. Yeah, uh, Ashlyn's pa uh, parents and her, their teachers, they describe her as fearless. Uh, they say there's, there's no alarms, no natural alarms in her. Tara, Ashlyn's mother, she said, some people would say this is a good thing, that it's a good thing, but no, it's not. Pain is there for a reason. It lets your body know something's wrong and needs to be fixed. She said, I'd give anything for her to feel pain. Wow. Yeah, a mother. She's wishing pain upon her daughter. You'd expect that to be harsh and unloving, but actually, it is out of a, a heart of great love for her daughter and out of a desire for her to actually experience life that she's wishing this. That makes a powerful statement. Yeah. Ashlyn is fearless without pain, and the fearlessness is her enemy. Yes. It will try to kill her. You know, Marianne, there's another young lady who suffers from the same condition. They had to remove all of her teeth because she continued to chew up her hands and her own tongue. Oh, that's horrible. It is. So what if all humans never experienced pain? That seems now like it would be an irrational demand to say something like that. To say you don't want any pain, that is not a good world. The implications in action don't work out. Mm -hmm. If a mother can desire her child to suffer pain mm -hmm. in order to, for them to learn and be aware of reality, then certainly we can see how a loving God would make his creation with the ability to feel pain to let them experience reality. Now that's definitely a useless or a useful experience of pain and suffering, but what if we described evil as only useless pain and suffering? Actually, I would say that 
If you're concerned with this style of the problem of evil, useless pain and suffering, well, then you're already thinking a lot like a Christian. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, think about it like this. Uh, what are the options you have when it comes to major worldviews and their answer to pain and suffering? Uh, think about what Hinduism says. Hinduism teaches, uh, if you believe in Hinduism, you believe in karma. Hinduism says that pain and suffering is your own fault. If you're having a hard time in this life, it's the result of doing something bad in a past life. Under these conditions, under this religion, it's even wrong to help people who are hurting because you're keeping them from paying the consequences of their past life so that they can have a better life in the next one. Buddhism denies suffering even exists. Yeah. Buddhists would teach you that everything is simply an illusion. All is one, there is no distinction, and we must become enlightened through meditation to recognize this reality. You know, atheism really doesn't have an answer for pain and suffering either. Uh, according to the atheistic evolution worldview, we are simply matter in motion. What one piece of matter does to another piece of matter doesn't matter. <laughs> Christianity is the only re religion to agree that useless pain Absolutely. and suffering is a problem. Not only does Christianity explain it, it tells us what the solution is and what God did to take care of it. Up next, our guest, David Robertson of Solos Center of Public Christianity, is going to really help us. He's from Scotland. He's going to help dive really deep into this subject of pain and suffering and help us with the philosophical answer to these questions. Creation Today is excited about our ever-growing collection of digital downloads. We have everything from books to DVDs to even PowerPoint presentations, all to equip you to learn and share the truth of our Creator. Why wait? Start strengthening your faith today with our all-new digital downloads, available at the Creation Store, creationstore.org. Planning your next vacation? Why not make it a creation vacation with the help of our new website, visitcreation.org. Here you'll find many activities from museums and science centers to caves and canyons, all teaching the truth about our great creator. Why wait? Go to visitcreation.org today to begin planning your creation vacation. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. Welcome back to the Creation Today show. We have the privilege of interviewing David Robertson from Solus Center for Christian Studies. David, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's great to be with you. Thank you. Now, you've got an accent. You're from Scotland, is that right? I am, and um, that's where you're calling me just now, from summer in Scotland, where Sadly, to fit the, the caricature, it is raining outside. <laughs> it is raining outside. I'm so sorry to hear about that. Oh, man. Well, tell but it's us pretty hot. It's about 65 degrees, so it's oh, quite hot. <laughs> that, that is kind of hot over there, huh? Man, that's, that's freezing over here. Hey, tell, tell us uh, um, about Solus and what you guys do there. Yeah, Solus is a Gallic word for, uh, that means light, and we're, we are a center for public Christianity. And what we try and do is, um, in our increasingly secular society, we try and get Christianity into public media and uh, government and various things like that. That's what we do. And we train people to do what we call persuasive evangelism, church-based persuasive evangelism. 
Well, praise God for that. And I know people can get more information. But before we get to your uh, to that, we've been watching. We recently watched uh, on the show today. I watched a video from Stephen Fry, kind of expressing his vitriol against God. And uh, I want to know how you'd respond to that. Yeah. Well, we did a couple of things. One was um, I wrote an article. I write sometimes for an online site called Christian Today in the UK, and also um, on our own Solas website. We did a short. Uh, YouTube uh, DVD because um, I know Stephen Fry. He was uh, involved in the university up here in Dundee. Um, he is a, a, how will I put it, a very militant atheist actually. And um, his the wee video clip really, really annoyed me purely and simply because it was so vitriolic and, and so blasphemous against yeah. God. And the answers are so obvious. But just because he speaks with such a, what we call a plummy accent and uh, uh, because he, he's uncontradicted. You know, I, I keep saying, well, come on, let, let, let's talk to him, let's see. But um, uh, so far we haven't been able to get through with that. But no, my reaction was basically one of sorrow, uh, one of horror, and one of a little bit of despair at how many Christians kind of gave him too much. Wow. Now, this is uh, the question, the whole problem of suffering, the problem of evil is a question that most Christians are going to come across. What do they need to know and how do they need to be responding to this question? Well, the first thing is, and for me, the big, the big thing for someone like Stephen Fry is, you remove God out of the equation, you've still got the problem of suffering. <laughs> you've still got the problem of evil. Now, the atheist answer to that is just suck it up. That's mm. just the way it is. Uh, Richard Dawkins, for example, will tell you that the universe has all the properties you would expect if there was no good, no evil, no justice, and so on. Now, the trouble is, we as Christians know that there's good and evil, and the key question for us is not so much why is there suffering, because actually we know the answer from the Bible with that, but what has God done about it? Hmm. And again, we know the answer from the Bible for that. So I think it's a very, very practical question. I think people like Stephen Fry mock with very little knowledge, very much at a theoretical level. I think they make simplistic points like uh, bone cancer in children, you know, why did God do that as though it was God who went and zapped these children, yeah. not realizing that the consequences of sin permeate through the whole of our society. So in actual fact, it's the, athe the atheist has a bigger problem than the Christian. The Christian has a problem because we don't understand and know everything, but we have a solution to our problem and that, pr that solution is always Jesus Christ. I, I love that answer. It puts it right back on them delivering the problem and realizing they're the ones who have the problem with it. Yeah, because, um, for example, it, it, this happened in the United States as well. I'm not sure it happened in Pensacola, but um, there was, uh, in London, uh, an atheist group that started doing the atheist bus slogan. Yes. The slogan on the side of buses. cost them a lot of money. cost them about half a million dollars to do it. Uh, all over this country and in the United States and in Europe. And the slogan was, there's probably no God, so um, cheer up and enjoy life. <laughs> Which... Yeah, I mean, it, it's a particular form of Western middle-class liberalism that could come up with something as banal and inane as that. Not least, I mean, imagine you're a woman who's just lost her child. Wow. And you see that and it goes, oh, there's probably no God, so just cheer up. You wow. know, that's, I, it, I find it very interesting. I find it that very many people who really suffer, it drives them to God. In fact, uh, one of the, the there's a, a big Christian conference in England called the Keswick Convention, and I gave a lecture there last year uh, entitled The Apologetic of Evil to thousands of people. And um, what I was saying to them was, 
actually evil is a reason to become a Christian, not a reason to turn away from God. Because it, the Christian has the not only the explanation for, but the answer to evil. The atheist has neither. That is a great point. Let me ask you this. Where do you think we would be without pain? If there was zero pain, where would we be as a, as a people group? Well, we'd be in a very, very different universe. In a very different, uh, we'd be in heaven. That's the first thing. There's no tears, sorrow, suffering, and so on. But in the world in which we live in, if you don't feel pain uh, in, in lots of different ways, then you are going to be in enormous danger. Uh, you are going to find yourself, for example, um, one of the problems with leprosy is that it kills the nerves in your uh, skin. And if you've got leprosy in your hand, it's very dangerous because you can put your hand into a fire and not feel and it can burn. So pain actually, in the, in the way that the world is at the moment, pain is, is, is in a sense God's messenger to us as well, warning us. And, and, I, and I would include in that emotional pain as well as mm, physical pain. Yes. Yes. So how do you guys, uh, t tell me real quickly then, um, your ministry, Solos Center for Christian uh, uh, Studies and Education, uh, and really getting it out there in the public, can you, can you give me the 60-second synopsis of how you guys are actually reaching out into the public and doing this? Sure. Uh, the major uh, newspaper in Scotland at the moment is the Scotsman newspaper. Today, it published an article by me on the need for Christian education. And our, our secular education system is failing the poor. So there's an, a, a national article being read by 100,000 people. Uh, we often try and get on secular radio. We do what we call cafe evangelism, go into cafes, speak for 20 minutes on a subject like creation or suffering or God and science or something like that. And then people question us for an hour. We do a, lo a lot of um, other types of cultural stuff. We have a podcast called Quantum of Solace. And we've just published a major new news and culture magazine, a bit like um, Time or Newsweek, but it's a European one, and it's from a Christian perspective. Wow. And th that's a means for us to just get into the general culture with a Christian worldview. And tell people how they can get a hold of that. And I find your website pretty interesting, the, or the, your, your blog site pretty interesting. <laughs> the the Weekly. Well, there is a website. Um, and you can go to that uh, www.solash-cpc.org. Um, and all the information about the magazine and everything else is on there. And uh, if people want to find out about that, then they, they certainly can do so there. And then we've got, um, uh, well, I've got a, a blog that I'm, I'm actually on, on sabbatical. You're, um, I'm speaking to you just at the beginning of my sabbatical. And I'm going to have six weeks off from that. But I usually do a... Uh, pretty well an article once every day or once every two days, a lot of the writing that goes in the media. And a lot of people pick up on that. And um, I mean, we're very, very encouraged. We, we just try and get the gospel out in as many ways as possible uh, through media, through one-to-one, -one, through churches, through universities, through cafes and pubs and uh, on whatever means we can. Well, I love it. Well, I love your conclusion there, putting the problem of evil right back on the atheist worldview who is posing that problem. Thank you for standing on the truth. If you've got just a few more minutes, I'd love to have an extended interview that we make available on our website. Can you stick around and do that for just sure, a moment? Absolutely. Wonderful. Hey, thanks so much for joining David and I. You can get more about his website. Uh, it's right there on the screen below, Solas Center for Public Christianity. I love the fact that they're out there giving answers to people, letting them know the Bible really does have the truth. We'll be back right after this and talk more about the problem of suffering.
Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash creation today. Hi, I'm Ray Comfort. I can't tell you how pleased I am that Masterbooks published The Defender's Guide to Life's Toughest Questions. This is because anyone can become a Richard Dawkins clone instantly by cutting and pasting off the internet and come up with a stack of questions to confound the average Christian. Questions like, If God exists, why didn't he kill Adolf Hitler before he killed six million Jews? Evolution scientifically disproves the Bible. So why does the Bible condone slavery? This book will give you the answers and show you that the rock upon which Christianity is built is more solid than the rock of Gibraltar. To order this book, visit us at creationstore.org. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. Every year in the U.S., four to nine million acres of forest are burned by wildfires. Ecosystems are ravaged, animals are killed, homes are destroyed. One might ask, how can a loving God allow such a fierce, destructive force to cause such unnecessary suffering? In the early 1900s, this view that forest fires are an unnecessary evil jump-started the Forestry Service to suppress all forest fires. Putting an end to such pain and suffering seemed like the best thing to do, but was it? Fire suppression ultimately contributed to hotter, more deadly fires. This natural evil was actually a healthy cycle that the forest ecology relied upon. Forest fires refresh forest soil with ash, nitrogen, and other essential nutrients. They clear away understory and leaf litter, creating a new habitat for plants and wildlife, reducing combustible organic material, and ensuring less destructive fires in the future. Fires are often the only way to destroy parasites from ravaging trees. Many pine trees, like lodgepole pine, need fire for new generation growth. Their pine cones, called serotonous cones, are covered in resin, which must melt by fire before they can release their seeds. In order to attain this good, the pain and suffering of wildfires must remain. The natural evil of a forest fire can teach us how our Creator and Savior Jesus Christ has also made a way of hope and life for the future within a world that experiences pain and suffering on many levels. It is more than possible that just as new life springs from the ruins of a forest fire, in fact is dependent on that fire, so a greater good for all of us depends on God allowing pain and suffering. Even more, Christ on the cross was the ultimate answer to suffering. His outspread arms, His blood, told us more powerfully than anything. He was getting a good out of suffering that is so worth it that He would suffer Himself. The next time you hear somebody judging God for allowing suffering, just think about the forest fire and remember that our Lord Himself hung from a tree, experiencing excruciating pain, because it is worth it in the end. You know, the issue of pain and suffering really is a big topic and very interesting as well. It really is. You know, honestly, when I hear the atheist answer to pain and suffering, they don't even buy the answer to the problem of evil. Think about what Richard Dawkins said. I mean, he said concerning evil, 
The total amount of suffering per year in the natural world is beyond all decent contemplation. During the minute that it takes me to compose this sentence, thousands of animals are being eaten alive, many others are running for their lives, whimpering with fear, others are slowly being devoured from within by rasping parasites, thousands of all kinds are dying of starvation, thirst, and disease. Some people are going to get hurt, other people are going to get lucky, and you won't find any rhyme or reason in it, nor any justice. The universe that we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is, at bottom, no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pitiless indifference. So is he saying that the evil of pain and suffering is the evidence that atheism is true and there is no evil? Yeah. That isn't even logical. No, it doesn't make sense. Like I said, atheists don't even buy their own explanation for the problem of evil. Well, it's truly encouraging, though, how Christianity does hold up to this accusation. Yeah. Christ demonstrated just how worthwhile this all was. In Hebrews 2, it describes how Christ was made the captain of our salvation through suffering. That's right. Christ himself came down off his throne in heaven to suffer and die next to us. God himself was willing to suffer as much as us for the greater glory he saw on the other side. Here, in this physical world, we can only see hints of that greater glory. But it is the hope in Christ. That hope is his salvation that carries us through and saves us from the wages of sin. Amen, brother. I'm preaching The now. scripture is full of the hope that we have in Christ. Let's review a few of the points that we've made here and that we've talked about in the show. One, not all pain and suffering is bad. It's actually a good thing to experience pain. Mm -hmm. The evil described as useless pain and suffering can only be made a sense of from a Christian worldview. You know, when people claim that God and evil cannot both exist, they have a false starting point. Even if you never figure out a satisfying answer to the problem of evil, it doesn't follow that God does not exist. He may have a reason for allowing evil that you and I don't even know about. That is why we have to remember God's promises and trust in Him. You know, here's a bonus one for you. If all the evil in the world means that there is no God, can we then take all the good in the world and use that as evidence for God's existence? Something to think about. That's a good point. This issue gets much deeper than what we've covered here, but I hope this gives you a good introduction to this topic. Uh, you can do more research at creationtoday.org. That's right. To conclude, you have to understand the problem of evil is not an argument against God. It's actually an argument in favor of God's existence and a starting point to understand the real cure for salvation. In Revelation 21, 3 through 5, God promises to wipe away all tears. There will be no more death, no more sorrow or pain. Christ will dwell with mankind saying, Behold, I will make all things new. You know, I can't wait for that. Me and too. we pray that you're ready for that day as well. Hey, if you don't know for sure that you are on your way to heaven, can I encourage you, go to creationtoday.org, under the About button on our, on our header there, Click uh, that and there's a link, How to Be Saved. I'd really encourage you to go read that and know for sure that you are on your way to heaven when you die. Yeah, and if you have enjoyed our discussion today, we would love to hear from you. So please send us a message at comments at creationtoday.org. Yeah, or you can uh, give us a call at our 
phone number, toll-free number inside the U.S. Uh, you can also, you know, join us on Facebook, or you can write a good old-fashioned handwritten letter. We love getting those. Hey, thanks so much for joining us for the Creation Today Show. God bless. Get the ammunition you need to defend your faith by visiting our website for up-to-date content, attending one of our live events, and shopping online at creationstore.org. We are Creation Today.